2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 60 ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 60helmets.com for more info. Welcome to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast. It is the Monday after an amazing Oakland Supercross up at... Uh, What's the name of that damn stadium now? Ring Central Coliseum. And it used to be like OCO or something. O.co right? and then o. Co. Uh, what's that? Ricky Henderson Field. It's it's had every name in the book. Yeah, that's too much. You just call it O Town. It's just the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. Okay, so uh, to recap, I'm Don Maeda, joined by Michael Antonovich, who's in town, gracing us with his presence. Taking some time away from starting a family back in St. Louis. I'm no closer to starting a family than I was when I left. <laughs> and, uh, of course, our uh, in-house fake vegan, Dominic Gayton. <laughs> so, uh, so, Anton and I went to Oakland this weekend. Lovely neighborhood. We and had an uh, okay time. Yeah, it was an okay time. I, yeah. I, the I coffee know. shop sucked. The place I went Sunday was way better. Yeah, the coffee shop. What was the name of that coffee shop? Blue Bottle. Sucked? Blue Bottle, yeah. What kind of coffee shop does not have the means to heat up their scones that you buy? Pretty lame. I was not impressed. I, I hate the hippie coffee shops, too, that only have brown sugar. Uh, the one We only do things in one size. Like, I don't want a big one, but just like, I just don't want one size. Give me what I, what yeah. I need. I yeah. love brown sugar. Mm. <laughs> Says the man married to a, a blonde white woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We had a good time. I thought uh, action was pretty good. I, first things first, man. I'm tired of people booing Ferrandis. Yeah, that's lame. You he know? didn't even touch him. Like, we watched the yeah. race again last night and didn't no. even touch him. Had nothing Had nothing to do with the the, the pass, I don't think. I think it's just leftover hate from, uh, mm-hmm. from the weekend before. And he knows. Like, he totally understands now. Like, oh, people don't like me. I think he had maybe thought there were, like, a few pockets of fans that didn't like him like the Southwick thing last year mm-hmm. where everybody was over the fence and that's just typical Massachusetts but then that was like the first time where it's like oh no people really really don't like him and this is going to go on more than just one round yeah but did you talk to the team like he's been pulled from all autograph sessions doesn't have to do dealer signings nothing because yeah. they just don't want some big mouth fan to come up yeah you know what really sucked is during the day he's warming up on his uh you know the spin bike mm-hmm. he has it facing the semi just because he doesn't want to have to deal with people flipping him off and stuff. I think that's pretty lame. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Okay, you've been around long enough. How does this compare to, like, JMB? Is it different now because of the social media thing, obviously? I, I, I Well, the social media thing changes a lot, but I also was not a journalist during JMB's reign. DV? <clears throat> I thought people liked DV just fine. He had some times where, like, Carmichael... He, people in him, it was either you liked Ricky because Ricky was like the all-American hero or you didn't, and mm-hmm. DV just was kind of DV. And DV's cool, but like I don't think at that time people understood him so much yet. See, I don't recall any fan backlash on Vulliman. And, I mean, the, ol- <laughs> the only negative Vulliman stuff I ever heard came from Vulliman himself. Yeah. You know, like one time I was like, hey, let's do a let's do an interview or something. He's like, oh, you, can, you don't have to do it with me. You can do it with someone who's more popular. And I was like, shut the hell up, dude. Come on. I think like the Wyndham thing in Phoenix, everybody remembers like that's a big thing. And then him and Ron Cotta. Like yeah. him slapping Ron Cotta, I think everybody thought like oh, he was kind of like a <laughs> bitchy yeah, that little. Was, yeah. That was kind of lame. But, but I don't know. I just, I think it's lame, dude. I mean, America's uh, made up of immigrants. Mm-hmm. You Unless know? your name's John Redcorn. You're not from here. Yeah. So, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Quit being lame. I would think that at some point it'll back it down. Like, we'll get to some races where there are, like, super diehard race fans and they'll be into it. And it seems like he's been warmed up to by some some people, uh, mm-hmm. especially now that the racers in the industry are like, no, that's just how Dylan is. Like, we respect that he's going to race us that hard, especially now that we see where the line is. Mm-hmm. We're not going to kill each other. <clears throat> I, was, uh, I was very impressed last week when some riders posted on their own social media and stuck up for him. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with Jet Lawrence. You know, he... He posted something in defense, and come on, guys, enough's enough. And then, you know, I did that podcast with him last week, and he told me, 
he said he and Hunter were on the same team as uh, Ferrandis overseas. And he said, quote, he said, Dylan was very kind to myself, my brother, and my family. Mm-hmm. And he says he's a nice guy. So, I mean, I've had, <laughs> you know, other than the one time I asked Dylan to come on the show, the Swap Moto Live show, and he said no. But that's because he's uh, self-conscious about his English and doesn't want to get caught, mm-hmm. you know, misunderstanding something on camera. But I've had nothing but positive in, uh, interactions with him. Yeah, and, um, same for me. Like, I remember the first time I met him was at Latvia in 14 for donations. And mm-hmm. we just started talking. And, I mean, hell, I went to Europe a couple times just to watch him race, really. Like, went to Paris Supercross to watch him race. Went to uh, Mantova that year I went was to go get the scoop. Like, are you coming to the U.S. or not? Mm-hmm. And he's a cool dude. And him and his wife, like, of anybody that moves this far into, you know, your life and you have all these desires and you move to the other side of the world, like, that's a lot of dedication that – we all really have to take pride in for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm over it. I was, I was surprised. I was bummed when that many boos popped out when he got on the podium, and maybe kind of like ashamed, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, could you hear it on TV as much? Uh, it was there, but it was pretty, you know, background yeah. thing. You could, I mean, you heard it, but you, you knew. Wasn't it like Anaheim. No, 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 no. And I'm sure, I'm sure we probably might hear some more this Saturday too, just because San Diego. Yeah. But I didn't think it'll eventually it'll cool off and it'll it'll mow over. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a question for both of you. You were there on Friday for press day, and I'm around Friday starting to see stuff from press day and whatever. And they had that double after you cross the start line in the sand that that the guys were sending, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I knew right then I'm like, there's no way they're gonna keep that thing. And then sure enough, they added that hump, which basically took that whole section away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, d- during track walk on uh, well, not track walk, but as we were on the floor waiting for press day to start. I was listening to some guys talk, and they were looking at those wall, the, du- the walls, and they're like, somebody's going to double those. Mm. And it's funny because, you know, A-Ray's like, no, they're going to double that. I'm not, I'm not doing it, though, because they're going to change it before the race. I'm not going to waste my time. Who mm. was first? Was it Anderson that did it? I think it was Jason, yeah. Yeah. So Jason was doing it. Clout was doing it. Clout doing it on a 250 was big. Cut- Cunningham was doing it. Mm-hmm. I think there was like five or six Oldenburg guys. Oldenburg did it. Yeah. yeah. So quite a few guys did it. Um, it it looks rad because they like you know, they landed in the sand, but they were still in the sand. Where yeah, it, it would have been so hairy. big. Though. It would have been gnarly. It though. would have been hairy. Yeah. And like if you didn't make it and you cased that wall, oh it yeah, it was so steep. The uh, well, and then like you know when you did land, and if somebody didn't do it, you're gonna have all those like changing flight paths, and dudes are gonna smoke each other in the sand because somebody like you hit the sand and you just like change your line and ride into somebody. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a bummer, but then even that little single that they put in where guys had to step over the wall, yeah, I guess that that was kind of sketchy, and they had to change that too because people just kept like hitting their front wheels in it, and mm-hmm. then they didn't want to endo and then into the face of the sand wall either. Mm. I thought the sand throughout the night provided some interesting uh mm-hmm. body english and i mean not even throughout the night throughout the day i mean a gay almost looping out in the thing mm-hmm. you know but, <laughs> but but uh did you ever see in the the 450 main the way freezy was n- negotiating it he was sending it further than anybody in the sand during the day mm-hmm. it was gnarly then but during the main event i didn't pay much Dude, attention it was, it was cool i came around to shoot shoot the uh the sand kind of head on mm-hmm. like stay on the other side of that berm and Freezy's coming towards me, and I'm like, oh, sick, here comes Vince. And there was a big kicker right before the berm, and he did the big, giant, like, 1 o'clock wheelie. Over it? To get his front wheel over it, and he's the only guy that did it, but he did every single lap. And the first time he did it, he, like, wheelie out of my camera frame. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what was that? And I waited until the next lap. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. It was real technical. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy's that guy's pretty sick. It was crazy how tight that. That was the other thing I noticed in the s- stuff I saw. I'm like, man, the track is super tight. What a difference from last Saturday in Glendale with these big, long rhythm lanes and Wide not many turns. Yeah, it's funny how they ma- the track gets more turns, more, more look kind of like that, and the, the racing gets a lot tighter. Mm. He and I were talking about this on the on the Uber to the hotel. Uh, that whole section after the sand looked like it was going to be super one line. Those two doubles, like. One hairpin, one the not inside, so good the on one, off. the on-off, because everybody just went inside. So I was like, ah, oh, this is going to suck. It's just going to be like slot car racing through here. But then when Ferrandis and other guys started doing that on-off, it really opened the track mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, let's talk about the 250s first. And, uh, you know, Ferrandis coming through and 
getting the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Fortner was out front, I was like, oh, okay. But you just couldn't deny Dylan. And then uh, talking with Forkner afterwards, you know, he made reference to the pass. Mm-hmm. But he said on Howard's weekend it wasn't a bad pass or anything. Was, I just lost control. Yeah, I think that he might have just been focused more on trying to get through those two guys that were in front of him and then not even thinking that Dylan was there. But that was like another Dylan pass like Christian like mm-hmm. you put on Christian, he made up a lot of ground in that one section, probably more so than the guy he's going to pass would think that you could. Mm-hmm. And then when he sneaks into the inside, it's over. Like there's nothing you're going to be able to do to block that then. So how cool was it with the two Penrite guys out front? That was cool. Start? And it's cool to see that they're going to like battle each other too. It's not going to be yeah. like playing yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. The, uh, the tw- let's, let's give Jamie a plug here. The Twisted Development 250 Hondas. Yeah. Legit. Well, although Amart, <laughs> he got out there on the RMRE, but, but yeah, um, I think uh, I think the Penrite guys look pretty sick, like mm-hmm. identically dressed. I mean, uh, you know, all the teams are like that, but it was cool to see two mm-hmm. Hondas like that out and that weren't Geico guys. Yeah, and I think with that too, it's two guys that are really like wanting a chance. Like, I mean, they, you know, Ricky said that story, and we have that podcast with Mitchell from Australia. Like, this was almost the end until he gets this this deal. Uriv puts a lot into this for these guys to come up here. And this is a big deal for Clout because I might be mistaken, but Oakland is where when he was on that dirt candy mad racing team on Suzuki broke his femur and like the whole, am I going to be a racer thing ever happened again? And then he comes back with a top five here. That's a big story for him. Mm -hmm. So now it sounds like uh, the work is to keep them here longer. Like Oldenburg's doing the full 250 West coast deal. And then he'll go down to Australia in the summertime for their supercross series. But now it's, what do we have to do to keep Luke here for the full stint? You know, he needs to stay until Vegas is over and then go to Australia for their national series. Does Do they have a Supercross series that starts and conflicts? Uh, there's the nationals, but that doesn't start until, like, I want to say a little bit a little bit later on. Like, it's maybe April, so it would kind of conflict, but they mm-hmm. have Kyle Webster down there and Matty. So they have some guys to take care of that. Mm-hmm. So you talked to Uriv quite a bit. Is he... Uh is he happy with the way things are going? Mm-hmm. Like super pumped. And for him to be up here, I mean, he's the factory Honda operation down in Australia. So to come here is a whole different game. But he says he feels super welcoming. And I think that that's pretty obvious. You know, Honda's done what they need to do. Uh, he offered to have those guys go to Geico Honda for the weekend if needed. And it just didn't work out. But for him, he wants to be here. He wants to make this a long-term plan instead of just like a one-and-done deal. And mm-hmm. I think it's because he did a good job. He didn't like kind of lead anybody on or have too many loose ends that are kind of unraveling. Like it's mm-hmm. all pretty organized and put together. Okay, so for his guys to finish fifth and sixth, that's the best finish for both the guys this season so far, right? Yeah, I want to say around there. Like the best one for Clout, I think Oldenburg's been in the mix like that point all year. Mm-hmm. Luke Clout was on a mission Saturday. I mean, that heat race where he kind of kind of did Justin Cooper a little dirty there a little bit. I mean, I don't think it was dirty. I think Justin underestimated, didn't expect him to be there. Yeah. And he kind of drove it up in him after he got past. But, and then obviously we did in the main. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for Oldenburg, that was the second, sixth place in a row, but then first big one for Cloud, first top five. Mm-hmm. Top five. So uh, Amart, you know, getting the whole shot on, on his bike, he seemed pretty pumped with that. And uh, – just couldn't hold off Cooper at the end to mm-hmm. get his first podium of the year. Um, he, was, really he was pumped after the race, but he was disappointed that he mm-hmm. didn't get his first podium. But, uh, I mean, bike's fast. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing, too. Like, he has everything in place. Uh, Dahmer said that you saw that video on his vlog. Like, you can see the bruise on his leg from that crash before Glendale that he talked about, that we mm-hmm. talked about last mm-hmm. week. and. It's it's pretty bad, you know. He did some riding last week and everything. I just think that he's only had so many opportunities, and now he's like kind of coming into his own, and it's almost time for the break. Mm-hmm. So then, what do we do? And I think putting him on a 450 for those East Coast races could be good, but man, he really might not need to do that. If they're gonna have the guys on there, there's no point in putting him on that bike. Yeah. Well, I don't think they need someone on the uh, East Coast on the 450 because old. Tickles, tickle. Brock Tickle's going to yeah. show up at Tampa on the thing. So, but yeah, that was a good one. I think for Alex, you know, fifth in points, puts him where he needs to be third, top five finish of the year. Like, it's been steady. He just doesn't have that raw speed that the top three dudes have right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you think about Justin Cooper? He 
lost control of the points lead. Um, he's had a few like Two, less yeah. less than amazing races. You know, like he had bad luck and and Phoenix kept falling down. And uh, I think he uh, I think he just didn't really find his rhythm mm-hmm. in uh, in Oakland. He said that he was gonna work hard on his starts yeah. this week. Um, it seemed like it took a long time for the bike to get started up another week. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when he went down, it took a lot for him to get going. <coughs> you noticed, like, he didn't put it in gear, mm-hmm. or put it in neutral. And then once he got going, he just finished out the LCQ, or the heat race, to go to the LCQ. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, wasn't in the mix or anything like that. And got shuffled around a bit in the heat race. Like, I wouldn't expect him to be banging bars with Clout that much. I, mm-hmm. He should pull away from those guys pretty easily. Yeah. You know, speaking of which, you need the, the bike firing up and all that, um, I saw Peanut, or Alex Campbell, mm-hmm. Dylan's mechanic, uh, <laughs> I saw in the pits once, actually, like, start the bike, put the bike in gear, lean it on the side, kill it, and pick it up, and start it. He was testing something. I was oh. like, hey, hey, what are you hmm. doing? He goes, oh, just making sure it fires back up quickly. So I think that could be some sort of issue that they're having that they're trying to address with some settings. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, because, like, you saw it on TV, and I was kind of, like, nodding in and out last time when we were watching it. <laughs> Was Cooper, like, that much faster, or did it seem like he just got put in the wrong places at the wrong time? In the main event? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just he just wasn't in the right place at all, you know? I don't think I don't think that he... He was the same pace with a lot of those top dudes, but just... He's been that way the last couple. We just had been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because, mm-hmm. like, consistency-wise, he's the only dude to be in the top ten, you know, through these top three. Um, Heartraft has been top ten every week, but... Frandis and Forkner have a big like ding against him where they finished out of the top 10. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's had a terrible time, but it's just enough where he's not winning the races he needs to win. Like he needs to win another one. He's the only guy that hasn't won another one mm-hmm. and he would be back in the mix. Um, for Frandis for though, that was big, like needed to win that one right now. Yeah. I want to say, I think, I think Cooper was sick. Yeah, maybe. I think he said he was sick in this Howard's weekend. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, uh, Hey, so Dahmer, when you watched it on TV, what what uh what kind of snacks did you have on the dining room, on the t- you know the living room table? Well, when I watched it on Saturday night, I didn't really have any snacks. Come on. Yeah, no. You no. had a beer. Uh, no, I didn't have any cocktails Saturday because I knew we were gonna have cocktails on Sun Super Bowl Sunday, so I was a good boy Saturday night. But uh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we had some snacks yesterday over my house for Super Bowl, and then we had another Supercross viewing party again mm-hmm. after <laughs> Super Bowl. So yeah. chips and checks, Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like you guys will agree, it's three guys now. Like, there's three yeah. guys that are in a top thing, and it's really coming down to two guys for the title. Maybe three if Fortner could click off a few wins here and there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hartraft, he was. He was uh, in good position and fell in the last lap, right? Mm-hmm. I was trying to get him for how was your weekend, but he was in a uh, closed door meeting, serious meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Burgess, I kept coming by and Burgess, oh, he's still in there. Like a top five for him would have been good. It would change a lot of the points makeup of how this is right now. <coughs> He'd be right with Fortner, mm-hmm. you know, but to have that issue happen late in the race, there's no time. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much handed that fifth place to Clout. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you find it weird that he was in the skull and crossbones gear because, like, it makes big, bulky heart raft look like a stick figure? <laughs> did you think that too? <laughs> I dig that. I think it was skully, cool. No, it's cool. The skully gear is cool, and, and uh, but for his body type, it's completely different. Yeah, and I was like, dang, those are some big bones. <laughs> it was funny to see how, like, I mean, obviously Oakland, the black hole, the whole Raider thing. It was like. Everybody went dark. Like everybody, everybody's yeah. gear was just. It was just. In fact, you. I don't want. I mean, when we were watching live, my family was still there, and they were like, "Man, everyone's in like all this black all of a sudden." You know. Yeah. I mean, they didn't. They don't know. My aunts and my mom don't know what's going on. They even made comments about why is everything all black with everybody. You yeah. Know? Oh, in Oakland. Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was some. There was some really cool <laughs> outfits that got put together for that race. And a lot of red highlights, stuff like that. Yeah. Malcolm stuff was sick. Mm. A lot of cool. I, I was really stoked to see a lot of the cool Kobe Bryant uh, tributes, know, tributes, acknowledgement that a lot of people put together for the weekend. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Mosman, we got to talk about that because that was a great <laughs> heat race, and then just like kind of tossed it away when he got in that crash and mm-hmm. hit his head. It looked like. Yeah, yeah. I, when I went to the Rockstar rig to uh, 
yeah, their interviews afterwards, I just heard them saying, oh, he whacked his head so hard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was nowhere to be found, but hopefully he's okay. Mm -hmm. It was good to see him put that fight in that heat <coughs> race, though. Yeah, he's you not know? afraid. No, he got past and was like, uh-uh, I'm coming back. Mm -hmm. That was good. That was good. He needs he needs to do that more. Another two laps, and it would have been like another mm -hmm. bar battle. Yeah. You know what he told me earlier in the day? He said, fun fact. <laughs> he goes, the wave started at this arena here. Mm -hmm. He knew that. He knew that, yeah. Wow. I, but if you asked him where he gets the fun facts, he has like no. a book and no, all that know, stuff. Like, it's funny. Probably Google or something. Or he has a fun fact book. He has book, a fun fact said. book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like local boy, like grew up just like an hour from there. Mm -hmm. So he had a lot of people out there. Yeah. Well, let's take a uh, quick break to hear from our wonderful sponsors. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the 450s. Out here on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Bo Han, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast with Don, Dahmer, and Anton. And uh, we made a little reference here earlier, but about all the uh, the cool one-off gear that was at uh, Oakland. Um, I, who did you think was the best? I mean, I have to say it, Malcolm's crushed Malcolm's, it. because he, he like, had, really cares about the Raiders. Yeah. He had Corsacci paint the helmet. Did you look at his helmet? It was cool. It had, like, little fake vent holes in it, like a football oh, helmet. Oh, really? Yeah, painted in it. And, uh, you know, his gear, his 7MX apparel that he's going to wear that he wore is it's actually going to be in the line i think the next line but uh yeah i went to seven during the week prior with him and they had a mannequin with two sets did you notice he wore uh like the the gray pants during the day but at night he showed up with the black pants mm -mm. yeah there was a big debate about that oh the white you know light pants during the day or the dark pants during the day and you know it Was went it went the way i voted Dahmer said that he gave him some in uh, an opinion on the boots, and then they went the opposite way. Dahmer said to wear the black and white boots, but he wore the all black ones. They were all black. Yeah. Well, it they were black with like gray logos. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to white logos. Yeah. It was cool to see that when we were there on Wednesday and got to stop in at seven to see how involved Malcolm is and cares. You know, a lot of guys, as we know, they the gear company here's your gear and they just open it up and this is what I'm wearing. For him to be that involved and that, you know care so much about what he was going to wear the whole day along with that helmet he was pumped mm -hmm. yeah it was cool to have the moto concepts guys let him have a one-off helmet like that too. yeah yeah and then uh he had uh he had a black mamba butt patch that uh that was sick. the guy at patched mx made for him you know what i was i was in the pits and there was this uh older guy there was a black guy and he was in brown desert camo pants mm -hmm. but he had a full pickup kit on like the compression 
seven jersey <laughs> and the you know the tank top over it and uh roger song was like oh he's wearing a seven pickup kit and so he gave him one of the hats you know because malcolm had i want one of those hats had stewart nation stuff made up and his uh he had the ball caps made with stewart and the you know the script like raiders with malcolm stewart and the guy had one of those hats and i'm like yo man where'd you get that hat and he then roger ended up giving it to him because he had a seven pickup kit on right but the dude's like i was like filming him and the guy's all, yeah, I got to get Malcolm's signature. He goes, that, see his butt patch? See that butt patch? That's my nickname that my white friends call me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bro, don't you know whose nickname that really is? But he was like, that's my nickname. I don't know how he got my nickname on his pants. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. But uh, Okay, so Malcolm had that. Dean had the sleeve, the jersey. Dean had the jersey with the O'Neill. That was actually sublimated mm-hmm. in the jersey. Yeah. And I think it was uh, had all the names of mm-hmm. the, the people that died in the crash. Uh, Barsha, uh, Barsha had, had the cartoon the, on the back. The BG sticker. Yeah. Um, Forkner had. Forkner had it for a bit. Cincerillo had it. And then Kenny and Cincerillo had the Mamba logo with 24 on their yeah. butt Yeah. Patch. I want to say McAdoo had something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there were quite a few guys. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You know, and I was telling Dahmer this last night, it'll be interesting to see what happens because Kenny has like a personal vested interest in some stuff that Kobe's in with that artist sport deal. Yeah. So what happens with that company, even though it's not this like massive booming thing, they're going to have to do something with it and it'll be interesting to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how that's all going. Yeah. Artist sport thing. Because it's around. I mean, it's there, it's out there and it's got like a pretty good following and it's supposed to be like super high quality stuff. I just think that it's uh, not been as big as everybody thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it'll be weird to see what happens now because that was his deal. Like, that was Act 2. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So. Okay, so 450s. Uh, <laughs> I thought Kenny was going to run away with it. Yeah. Um, Dude, I was really, when he got that start and the whole, and I was like, oh, my God, really? Is Kenny going to just lay it to him again and just take off? And here we go. Are we going to start this Kenny streak of wins? Is he just going to start and then... Yeah, Tomac had other plans for that. Well, especially from that heat race, too. Like a three-way battle for the heat race, and he outlasted all of the bag at Tomac pressure without even cracking one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Tomac even had time to fly off the track. Dude, and, he said and, he missed yeah. his brake. He saw him land in the sand, and he yeah. grabbed a handful. It looks like it hooked up, mm-hmm. and he kind of wheelied, and he said he missed the rear brake. That's why he just couldn't get stopped and ended up going over the berm and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Which at that point I was like, oh, he just gave it to him. It, it's over. Kenny's gonna win this thing. And dude, Tomac hunted him down and went by him, you know, again. That was like the first big like, whoa, Eli's on it yeah. performance mm-hmm. of the year because his lap times and stuff like that. When he went to pass Adam, and then when he went after Kenny, are all fifty-eight second lap, fifty-nine second laps. Everybody else is in like one one hundred ones. So like he really uncorked a big amount of speed at one point. Mm-hmm. He was pretty happy after the race, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I. I t- you know, it's funny. People people will comment on our YouTube like, oh, oh, where's the interview with this guy or that guy? It's like what they don't understand is these riders, sometimes they have tantrums and they don't want to talk afterwards, you know? Yeah. Like Eli's one of the guys that will only give us a how was your weekend if he's like on the podium or uh, He's given me so, like when, I want to say it was after Unadilla, like that wasn't a great ride or whatever that week was where he got arm pumped. During the, it was Unadilla, and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what happened. Like, he'll give it to you every now and then, like, when you catch him at the right moment. And, like, for that whole thing, like, he hates the Swap Moto Live guys. I mean, he's done it a couple times this year, so he'll talk to us. It's not like there's this big, like, yeah, there's a big boycott between us. Like, we're all good now, I think. Oh, maybe he realized that we didn't. We didn't say anything. Savachi's the one who said everything. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, because I asked him. And how was Rico? I'm like, this was the best January, like, first five rounds you've ever had. He's in the mix for the title. There's no big, like, goose egg on the points. Mm-hmm. He's healthy. He's not injured. Dude, if he takes control of this thing, like, after San Diego, it's going to be a boring year. Yeah. Like, it'll suck because he could just put on a run that we never expected. He hasn't had that one, like, Eli, well, there it is, like, Mulligan. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Adam? Um, you know, he started out so strong rookie year like he's starting to yeah. feel it now well i know he obviously he wadded pretty bad last weekend mm-hmm. or two weekends ago but uh yeah he was at uh he was at the CVAC chamber with our buddy jc like every single day only rode one time for mm-hmm. like 10 minutes just to like work it out 
Um, and then even when I went in the rig, like he would be setting to keep all the pressure off his left side. He's like, yeah. I can't do anything. He's signed autograph standing up. But I think like he's starting to realize now, like, oh, this is what they mean where it's a long series and you have to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fourth place finish, like he said, and how was your weekend? That's like a podium for him. Yeah. I mean, he got I still off of think, what he had. I, I think that if Adam sneaks a win in here, it could like just flick a switch. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I, I definitely, definitely I've not given up hope on seeing some AC wins this year. Like, top, dude, he's been top guy in qualifying every week. And, yeah. and I pointed this out to a couple people. When he's on, like, he's doing series of laps that are within the same, like, time bracket of each other. It's not like he it's just has one. one flying lap. He'll do a couple, two or three of them. And he said that that's something Nick wants him to do. Mm-hmm. Like, go out there and get in a race groove. Don't just make this look like it's a one-and-done deal. You need to do this consistently. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I, I noticed in this weekend's How Was Your Weekend uh, when he had talked about the, hey, you've been the, you know, he know, yes, I'm once again on the qualifier. You could see he's starting to get he's a little, it. yeah, he's kind of over it. Like, like did that doesn't do any good for me mm-hmm. in the main event. Like, like I think he feels like I should be winning by now, mm-hmm. but somehow it just. But you know that goes that goes the testament of that class. I mean that class, there's a handful of guys that can win <laughs> on a Saturday night. I mean look at the heat races, Justin Hill crushed it in that heat race he looked mm-hmm. amazing you know mm-hmm. and then that uh, the, the, the other heat race with tomac baggett was right there he was in the, and then he's back it's like so i mean the main event comes if you don't get that start it's a hard it's a hard road to the front mm-hmm. he's been lucky too like adam has he hasn't been rollerballed he hasn't no. really gotten it in with anybody like him and osborne traded passes but he hasn't been on the receiving end of like a barsha clean out or anything like that but he'll give it back to dudes too like he'll run them high to make a pass mm-hmm. Barsha, that poor guy. That <laughs> shout out to that Yamaha crew Saturday night because they that thing was done. Done, mm-hmm. you know. I was surprised by that because like you and I see bikes smoke on the floor all the time. Mm-hmm. Like Tomac's bike, six minutes into a race, seven minutes into a race, it starts to let out smoke because he's hard on the clutch. So when I saw that in the last two laps, I'm like, it's no big deal. He just got the bike hot. Mm-hmm. So then when you hear like the whole stadium groan and then you see him sprinting, I'm like, oh shit, it was not like just smoking this time for no yeah. reason yeah I, you know, go ahead go ahead i i just wonder like <clears throat> when that happens you know and you you smoke a motor and your team has this chinese fire drill to change the engine right you're on the starting line of the of the lcq i'm like are you like wondering hey, is right did they tighten everything did you know is this all good i mean granted it's a factory team so you have to believe in it but still see and that made me think i think we talked about the last night was was the weekend before in in uh, Glendale. Glendale, obviously, because of the Triple Crown, they let everyone tech two complete bikes, right? <laughs> Dude, and that goes back to what he just said right there. They had to run back there. You have these four or five mechanics tearing that thing apart, trying to put in a motor. Yeah, now the risk of something going wrong for that rider and that LCQ is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Where if you did have the tech and you have the two bikes ready to go, and it's, hey, that's quite cool. We'll roll the other one down. It's all ready to go, and here you go. You know this one's put together. I don't know why they don't just have that every time. Not to mention the, I mean that poor team just that that stress level they had to go through to make that happen. And like I said, the safety factor involved too. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about last night, like they're pro- like we know that the whole production rule is to fix costs and all this stuff. And you know we don't want this to be too expensive that a privateer can't have two bikes. Privateers have two and three bikes. Yeah, they all do. They're pushing sixty thousand dollar pickups. Some of them, so it's not mm-hmm. like they're hurting for cash. Like, mm-hmm. if there's a will, there's a way to get a second bike there. Yeah, and then um, say that happens to a Cartwright or somebody else in there, they're done. It's over. You're, 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 I'm in the. I'm, I have a chance to go to the main, and you know, or say that happened to him after he, you know, does a top four in the LCQ, and that happens. He's done. He's like, oh, I made the main, but I can't race. I can't do anything. I can't, we're not going to get this motor changed in my pit here tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, or if I, he has another bike. I don't bike. have a spare motor. Yeah. I don't have anything. Yeah. I barely have brake pedals. Yeah, I have another bike. I have to pull it out of there. But yeah. if he could just go up, I'll just throw, throw the transponder in the other bike and let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to really look into that because, like I said, I, I, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, man, I'm like, man, he's just got to be thinking, dude, I hope this thing's been put together <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, hope the radiator hose don't come off or, you know, something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the on so, the Barsha note, yeah. What can you say about him and Ross's new uh, uh, testing deal? Yeah, it, it's funny because in the tunnel before the race, uh, you know, like said hi to, hi to Justin. He's like, hey, dude, I, I met your brother this week. I worked with him last week. And I was like, wait, you've never worked with Ross before? And, I, you know, think about it, though. He's been on Geico, you know. Factory and, Connection. So, really, none of the teams he's ever had a chance to work with Ross. And then Ross is... You know, he's 
primarily Enzo Racing these days, but he, you know, contracts, mm-hmm. consults with KYB, but they brought him in last week and they tested with him. And, uh, you know, Rossi said, <laughs> I texted Ross last night and he was saying, oh, I'd never met Barsha before. You know, he's a really nice kid. I thought he was a punk <laughs> before, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it seems like, uh, Ross and Justin kind of hit it off and they worked well together. And Justin was giving all kinds of credit to Ross in the How Was Your Weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it's the best he's felt on his bike in a while, and uh, I know he's going to test with Rossi tomorrow and Thursday, so two more times. So who knows? I mean, I was I was pretty pumped when Justin's up in the Howard's Week. He's like, "Hold on, let me go ask if it's okay mm-hmm. for me to talk about testing with your brother." And he ran upstairs and asked somebody, and came back down. Oh, I could I could say it. There's a lot like there's a lot to that because if you think back to when Barsha was at Honda, he's always been a Showa guy. He's always mm-hmm. Showa at Honda, always Showa at Geico. That Suzuki year with JGR, that was Showa stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's probably I'm almost certain he ran KYB at JGR that first time, but then they had Johnny as their own suspension guy, so mm-hmm. it's not like Ross is going to work with him. But there's a lot of unknowns for that. Like, that's a way different setup than he's ever had. And I think he wanted to be on KYB that one year at Honda when Trey got it instead, and he mm-hmm. didn't get it. Um, but then he's on a spring fork. He's, like, on a natural spring fork, no air fork, no anything mm-hmm. like that. So it's a way different setup. And he's been trying a lot of stuff over the last two years. Yeah, he uh, seemed pretty excited. I liked it at the beginning of the interview. He's like, going to the front, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I mean, that was cool. Sixth place for Barsha. Um, Did every lap, which is good. Yeah. Shows he has the pace. <laughs> the pace and the fitness. So, uh, Dino in seventh, that was good. That was a good finish for him this year after his uh, – well, did you hear that he was hurt, like, in the afternoon then? Because I didn't hear about that. He said that he banged his wrist. Yeah. He broke both of his wrists. Yeah, so I saw that. <clears throat> and then um, to have to do the LCQs and stuff, looked like the bike didn't restart when he stalled it in a corner. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, another one of those stressful headache things. And we were talking about this last night, Dahmer, like, Dino's not a guy that wants to hang it out. Like, he'd rather be cool and controlled to, so to be battling from like seventh place to get into one of those top four spots in the lcq had to be stressful <laughs> it was kind of funny he was like a quiet dude in the lcq mm-hmm. and you saw silky get up front and check out and i was like oh dino's he's coming dino's there but dude i think the ride of the lcq was was a ray <laughs> oh yeah i mean you know like <laughs> he comes around the first lap past me in 15th place and I was like, oh, God, he's going to miss the main. And then all of a sudden, he was in, like, sixth. Or, I mean, I think there was one lap he came by, and he must have passed six, seven guys mm-hmm. in one lap. But uh, when he came back around in fifth and just had to reel in, I don't know, who was in fourth? The guy in the uh, all Claremont, yellow. yeah. yeah. Uh, reeled that guy, and then the pass around the outside of that sweeper was pretty sweet. The pass, and then the, just shut him down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was good because then the guy, like, you could see that he tried to go at Alex again, and Alex just was far enough ahead to just outrun the attempt. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he was all fired up when he came off the track, too. Yeah. I guess uh, yeah, he must have run into Schmidt at some point Oh. during the race. And he was all fired because, you know, I saw him in the tunnel. I'm all, hell yeah, dude. And he's like, thanks. And he's, like, looking for Schmidt. And then they start exchanging words. And I'm like, bro, Schmidt will smash you. Hold your tongue. <laughs> just, just go go fill the bike up with gas yeah, come back you're down. going to the main he's not yeah no, don't worry about all that um main event was good i think that that was probably one of those better ones though like to go on with all those guys uh a ray did good it's good that he's learning the pace like as how was your weekend he explained a lot that he's really really trying because he thought he was going to quit doing this a few years ago he mm-hmm. says how like influential davy and pablo and all those guys are into it and he's doing a lot better now that he's, like, starting to figure out how to put his own deal together. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this or not, but Ari and Chiz, you know, 17th, 18th, they're, mm-hmm. like, high-fiving. We beat all the hep guys. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that's going to be, like, their big thing all year. Motivator, yeah. yeah. Hey, Chiz. Chiz, I think, didn't get a lap of practice to, like, the last, last session. session. He had some electronic problem. Mm-hmm. His bike wouldn't start, and then he got it to start, and they disconnected stuff. And ultimately, uh, Yamaha helped, and they put a whole wiring harness from a 250 on oh. his bike that would fit. So there was no butt. There's mm-hmm. some buttons missing on the handlebars, but that's another thing. Like, how could you? He says he went out in the last session and was like, 
rolling all the jumps because he didn't want to cut out. Jeez. You know, but like, how do you line up? Like and then that. make the main. Yeah. Through the heat. Yeah. <laughs> like, just badass. Lo- yeah. Like, that's where you know that that's just muscle memory of how to get around the track and be in the, you know, do the laps, do everything you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'll be good to see how he progresses as the year goes on. Because, like, to be an honest, like, be a realist, like, how many more years is he going to get to do this? Chiz mm-hmm. has the potential to do it as long as he wants. It's not like he's, like, at risk of not making the main. Mm-hmm. It's just not the top 12, top 10s that he was doing 10 years ago. Yeah. Hey, uh, we were talking about Malcolm's cool helmet earlier. Mm-hmm. You know the sickest helmet of the whole weekend, though? Which one? Brayton. Brayton's was sick. You know, I mean, obviously I'm partial to the whole specialized thing, but regardless of what it said on it, that paint job was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, obviously he was uh, paying homage to his sponsor, Specialized, who's, you know, Morgan home Hill. Race. Morgan yeah. Hill, this is their home race. But yeah, he came together with Freezy, I think. Yeah, because Freezy stalled, <laughs> and then he just ran in the back of him. And that's a bummer for Brayton, too, because like we were talking last night, we kind of expect him to be up in the mix like that. And he did what he needed to do, but like we thought he would be a top seven guy at this point in the year already because he's mm-hmm. still so fresh especially on a track like Oakland that favors him. He's not like a real slick, hard pack guy. Yeah. Like Glendale would not be a track for him. Yeah. So uh, Reedy sat the race out, mm-hmm. um, talked to him a little bit, and he was saying that his ribs are jacked up. But uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, he comes back in San Diego and races? or I would think he has to do San Diego. Like if Chad does a retirement tour and doesn't do San Diego, even though it's not Qualcomm, like it's yeah. – disservice because think of all the races he won down there yeah and then you know i, I think uh well actually i don't think i know fox is doing something really special for him with his gear this weekend mm-hmm. um i think i'm gonna head over to fox on thursday actually to check it out with him but yeah i'm excited to see what that's gonna be yeah so is this weekend uh in san diego is it a military appreciation yep. again is it official military appreciation what or i've it? seen yeah yeah so there's supposed mm-hmm. to be a lot of people in like one-off stuff, a lot of one-off graphics and things like that. I saw and A-Stars has a boot that looks like it's got some, some stuff camo-type stuff in their yeah. boot for this weekend. And then uh, that Tampa race is St. Jude, so it's all going to mm-hmm. be charity design artwork again. Too. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw SGB's graphics for that. Oh, you did? Pretty cool up close, but I think from far away, you're going to be like, what is that? Oh, okay. But uh, So, yeah, so what do you think about this weekend? Are they, like, starting with all new dirt? Uh, no, or does the lime go that goes away? away. It does. That's like a half-life. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about and that. As long as it doesn't rain and they don't add more. Like, even if it rains, it doesn't matter because it's going to. They're not going to add more. They're just not going to add more. Yeah. yeah. So lime, lime, the effects of lime It's a half-life thing, yeah. Well, I don't know, man, because, like, you know the goggles we had of Cincerillo's to give away? Do you still have those? I still have them because I'm like, dude, I'm not saying these to some reader. Have <laughs> them, like, instead of put it on their shelf as a souvenir try to wear it they get desperate try to wear it and then blow their face out and sue us or something (laughs) yeah but it'd be interesting to see those because i'm sure like they've probably broken down a little bit with all that stuff on them yeah because i used to like when i had to load like big 50 pound bags of lime Mm -hmm. you have to like dry it off or like get it off you as quick as possible because if you start sweating then it's a chemical reaction and then you're really screwed yeah let's be honest here they're like 15 pound bags right I, w- I, used to I be can't much see you slinging a 50 Yeah, you pound. said 50 pounds, and I immediately got a vision of I used you trying to, be much to throw heavier. a 50-pound bag on your shoulder. I, I can't. used to be much heavier. Your little right wing or something yeah. would have just cracked, blown, fallen right off. Maybe the lime stunted his growth. Mm-hmm. Is that, <laughs> that, the steel mill, the radiation, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, San Diego for us, the three of us, has uh, kind of good and bad memories. Well, I'd say bad memories, man. You know like, what? Yeah, not bad. No, dude. I, I just remember being in San Diego last year, wandering around like, why the heck am I walking around with this camera? What am I going to do with it? You know? Because, mm. I mean, we all, okay, so if you're listening and you've been in a cave or don't know, the Thursday before last year's San Diego Supercross, um, you know, our company was, our parent company was bought. We had a uh, company town hall to meet our new bosses, and we were told, they have no interest in running a motorsports title, so effective 11.30 a.m. today, Transworld Motocross is no more. And that was at 11.15. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so we rolled into uh, San Diego all unemployed and didn't really know <laughs> what was going on, right? And, uh, yeah, and, of course, it was raining, so it was gloomy to go along with our moods. I was bummed, dude. I honestly, that, 
that was the first race in a long time that I was just like, I'm hanging out today. And so I had a good time. Like me and Casey rode scooters over to the 100% deal and had pizza and a couple beers. And I'm like, well, I'm not shooting on the track. I'm going to enjoy this one. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like for how bad that could have been, I think the fact that we all went together and then we were all like, no, like we're not going to not do our job. Like Mm -hmm. We came out of San Diego with content ready to go on that Mm -hmm. makeshift website we had for a bit. Yeah, I would say that's probably like our best day that we've ever had. Just because that sh- everybody was like, "Oh shit, they're really gonna do it." Like it's not a joke now. Like they're really gonna. Well, I remember. I remember. I had both. That you had both. So I had some people like, "Oh, see, you guys are here. That's rad." And then I had the other people like, "What are you guys doing here?" Like they had already come. Some people were kind of like writing it off. Like, "Oh, like what are you guys doing out here? You don't. You don't have an outlet." And we were like, and I was like, "Dude, are you serious? You think this is the end of it? Like, come yeah. on, come on." Like, even if I just had the press pass and I had nothing to do, like, I was going to go to the race. Like, I'm going to watch the race. It's not like my life's going to be over because I didn't get a paycheck over it. I was just, well, I will say San Diego was very encouraging with the number of people that came up to me and were like, hey, dude, you got to do something. You, You know, you guys are the best team around and, you know, and, you know, we're sitting there smiling going we're buying it back we're gonna get transferred back you know but we didn't we didn't know you know and how naive we were to think that we could actually get it back from those assholes (laughs) (laughs) but uh um but it was super encouraging i mean that was the race where i was in you know i was watching the race and and somebody's sweet and mcgrath comes and like grabs me with the vulcan pinch on the back of my neck and it's like hey sucker you better buy it back or do something you know the sport needs you Mm -hmm. need you guys and and this can't be the end of it Mm -hmm. and i was like dude i I, yeah we're gonna try and he's like what do you mean try do it and well we're gonna have to buy this thing back and he's like yeah how much is it gonna cost i don't know like at that point wilson and i were sitting down and thinking about what we could offer and what finances we would need for first first year of operation we're figuring a million bucks and jeremy's all million bucks that's easy you're gonna tell me you couldn't make a payment on a million dollar loan every month you don't believe in yourself and i'm all dude easy for you to say mr king of supercross multi-millionaire yeah, i've like, seen the escondido house or encinitas yeah and he's like business isn't scary it's only scary because you haven't done it think about the last big jump you finally did i'm like oh okay <laughs> but, but i mean man it's been it's pretty crazy to think we're almost on. Well, we were at one year. One year was Friday. I never even thought about it. At Oakland. Like, uh, um, the only time I thought about it was when I went to the airport. And it's because I flew out of St. Louis. I'm like, you know, a year ago, like, it was shitty. Like, it sucked. But I think about where we were a year ago at that point, And then it's a year ago last week. And I'm like, I'm flying out of my home airport to go see all my friends. We're going to the races. I'm going with you. It's going to be great. Spend the week out here. There was never a point where I'm just like, it never felt any different. It feels so much more fun now than it ever did oh, before. Oh, it's way more fun. It's way, way more, more satisfying. We talked about this for like an hour last night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, the only stress I have in my life now is like, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I have a dream that something will be posted before I wake up. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> that, We're trying. That never happens. And the only other stress I have is our two dickhead ad guys that don't <laughs> talk to each other, you know? But, We're working uh, on it. You know, but... But uh, you were yeah. you were you were really happy that night last year when we stopped at Peterson Donuts on the we're way home. We're going to Peterson's again. That's what that's what did it. Yeah, we're going to Peterson's again. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So if any of you guys listening want to meet at Peterson's Donuts <laughs> at like midnight, what is that? Is that Escondido? <laughs> that's Escondido. That's Escondido. Yeah. You know, Escondido after uh, after the Supercross Saturday night. Donuts. Shit, we might go Thursday night donuts, after the Toyota show. <laughs> donuts are on me. If there's anyone listening to this podcast that says I heard you. On the on the sixty helmets kickstart podcast, I'll buy your damn donuts. <laughs> but you gotta you gotta wait after the race because we gotta go interview your own after midnight. Yeah. Midnight. Yeah, it's yeah. usually like midnight when all the fun in Escondido starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what else? Okay, so this Thursday, uh, Toyota of Escondido has a, I think it's their nineteenth annual, maybe eighteenth annual, uh, open house auto- autograph, Supercross autograph party. So we'll be there for that. I mean, are you going to come with us, Dower? Probably not. Come on, dude. We have to go and we got to have that same dinner at Spaghetti Factory. Oh, Spaghetti Factor. wow. You want to go there. You want to really relive it. Relive it. Oh, you know, wow. It's they, like they doing, I never wanted to go to that old Spaghetti Factory it's ever like again. Doing, <laughs> it's like uh, doing ayahuasca. We got to, like, find our demons and, and beat them out. <laughs> Who, who's going to be the watcher? <laughs> who's going to watch us and hold not, our hands? Not Donnie. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, yeah. I mean, think about that. Last year, we get canned on Thursday, and on the way home, we still all went to the Escondido party. And that struggle meal. Did our jobs, and then we went. <laughs> the funny thing is we went to the old spaghetti factory, and I was so worried about being poor, having no income. My <laughs> only order was a side of broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> you got a water. You well, didn't get an iced tea. You are just like, shit. Yeah. A side of broccoli and a water. It was like the, the belt just got singed. Like, whoop, better, better, better live. And now here we all We're are. living on top ramen now. Now here we are a year later and like all 25 pounds lighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, hey, but they, you know that. Speaking of that, and like I said, from that night, I remember. Now, now it's all coming back to me. I, through therapy, I've tried to forget about all that. But yeah, and like I said, after I remember we drove the show, you know, we we were lucky. Like you said, the story with McGrath, we were lucky that there was a lot of people that reached out and were. I mean, obviously, you know, we can name Daddy Frank all night long. I mean, he was that one that that night was just like. No, you're going to San Diego on Saturday, and you're gonna go do what you guys do, and you're gonna kick ass. And that's you know you don't just stay; you're not staying at home. Mm-hmm. You're going there and making it happen, like you know. And then he was the one, like, hey, I know you feel like you've been kicked in the nuts right now, but you know you don't see how great. And of course, we were like, dude, come on, what are you talking about? You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been a little surreal. Here we are, you know. I mean, a year later from that, but you're still not a year later from Swap Moto Live. We got a couple more months mm-hmm. till we've been a year with that, but. Uh, even though it feels like it's been a year because we didn't – it seemed like it never really stopped. Well, never yeah, stopped. no, because, like, right after uh, – I think the night after we got laid off, Megan built that Squarespace Swap Moto Live site for us. And yeah. Right. So we were putting content up on this, like, little – We bought a computer on – I bought a computer the day after San Diego Supercross. Yeah. Started doing that. And then we went to Minneapolis the next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was – That was not fun. <laughs> that that was fun, it. but then also that was, like – when all the news broke that they were getting investigated and like how realistic of buying it back or not was going to be. And then that's yeah. when like the real prick tease moments started were, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yep. just, yeah, that wasn't ideal. Oof. Well, boys, it's uh Monday afternoon. We've got to turn this recorder off so we don't have a Tuesday kickstart from Anton again. And, uh, yeah. So if you're listening, Come see us at the uh, Toyota Escondido Supercross Party on Thursday starting at 6. And then see us at Peterson's Donuts <laughs> around midnight Saturday. <laughs> Donuts on Swap Moto Live. Thanks for listening. See you later. See ya. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, The original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info.